This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. It's always those moments that feel like they're going to break you that provide the greatest opportunity to rebuild stronger than ever before. That being said, if you told me that while I was struggling with an eating disorder or in tears after a breakup or in the midst of my worst days living with postpartum anxiety, I would have rolled my eyes and been like, girl, give me a solution, not an Instagram quote. The reality is we all want to feel happy, loved, healthy, and inspired 24-7, but sometimes it feels really hard to get there. The two things that have helped me most on my journey is having support from others and my incessant drive to gather tools to support me in feeling my absolute best. In fact, I'm so passionate about it that I became a health coach so that I could support others in their journey too. I am so excited to launch the Raw Beauty Talks podcast so that we can all continue to learn ways to support ourselves from those who have overcome and those who are experts in their fields of beauty, health, and wellness. My goal is to provide a safe space where no woman feels alone on their journey and everyone leaves feeling empowered to take action in their own life. My name is Erin Trelore. I'm a mom of two, a wife, a health coach, the founder of Raw Beauty Co., and the host of the Raw Beauty Talks podcast. But that's enough about me. Get comfy, grab a tea, or pour yourself a glass of wine, and join me for our very first guest. Today on the show, I have one of my all-time favorite people, Miss Caitlin Bristow. I am sure everyone listening already knows who she is, but just in case you, I don't know, fell off the face of the earth in the last little bit, let me give you some background. Caitlin was on season 19 of The Bachelor, and she was the leading lady on season 11 of The Bachelorette. She left the show engaged to Sean Booth, ready to start a life together. They bought a home in Nashville. They collaborated on some pretty cool business endeavors and spent time getting to know one another away from the show's cameras and produced storyline. A couple of months ago, the news broke that the two were parting ways. And today, Caitlin and I are going to get raw and real about the reality of relationships, breakups, and finding love again. Caitlin, is 10 a.m. too early to be drinking wine? Because I feel like we need to have wine for this conversation. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, it's never too early. I do that all the time. I'll like do it's my excuse when I podcast. I'm like, it doesn't matter what time it is. It's work. It's part of my brand. You know, I got to stay true to my brand. I must drink <laughs> wine. <laughs> exactly. So for the record, we aren't drinking wine right now, unfortunately. We're both in different places, but I'm so excited to get a chance to catch up with you today because it's been a while and I feel like so much has gone on in the last few months. I know everyone wants to get in on all the juicy details of the breakup, but <laughs> the reality is you've already talked about it and I'm yeah. sure there's other podcasts that people can listen to about it. But what I want to know more about is sort of the experience that you had going through a breakup and how that showed up for you from a mental perspective from a health perspective. Tell me all the details. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to say I'm very proud of you for starting a podcast because I think this is going to be a great platform for you to reach a lot of people. I'm excited to share it and, and have people listening to your podcast because I think it's awesome that you're doing it. Thank you. I, I'm like so lucky to have you as somebody to look up to and somebody who's been leading the path in this area. So thank you for joining us today because I do also think your story has touched so many people and this piece of your story is something that almost all of us go through. 
and it is hard. Yeah. It's not an easy part. And I really didn't see it happening, which I think was the worst part. Like, I really saw him as my forever and being engaged, I didn't take that lightly and I was the most committed I've ever been in a relationship. So I think breakups are always, I don't know, hard on you, both mentally, physically. And and I'm just such a person that loves really hard and I fall really fast and I also grieve relationships really hard. And the last one I went through before Sean, I was just an absolute wreck and I was not okay and I didn't know how I'd ever fall again. So when when I met Sean on the show, I mean, I I know I didn't know him very well, but I had no doubts in my mind. I was like, okay, by the end of it, I, I thought he was my person. Yeah, this one, this breakup just felt very different to me and difficult in many more ways just because it was obviously so public as well. And then thinking of like, there's so so many elements to it. Like, okay, when do you announce it? How do you announce it? Are we going to disappoint so many people? We kept wanting to announce it and we, we held off actually so many times just because we didn't want to face what was coming with it. It makes it a thousand times harder, I feel like, when you have all these people who have been watching every single part of your relationship, yeah. dissecting every piece, and who are super invested in it as well. Very invested. And, and you know, you don't want to let people down. Um, and, of course, with, you know, the whole social media aspect that um, we all <laughs> – no love and hate. It's like you're only showing the best moments. So of course, on social media, we're not showing our fights or our insecurities or those tough times that we're going through. So it always comes as such a shock to people because they always see our best moments. And people were tweeting me being like, love is dead. Like, I'll never believe in love again because you guys broke up and you've already let people into your life so much, but it's hard to let them into the unhealthy part of the relationship that wasn't working out because you have to, you know, keep some somewhat of the relationship private. And also, I don't think people really want you to share those moments because, I mean, I wouldn't want to watch a couple like fighting on Instagram. So it's always hard uh, navigating that social media world again and putting on the like the act of are we perfect? Are we happy? And I've tried. I tried really hard to, you know, on my podcast, be raw and open and real about tough times. and, And I did, but you can only take that so far. Absolutely. There is some importance to keeping some boundaries for yourself as you figure things out. And I think I can attest to the fact that you were very committed to making this relationship work. When you talk about relationships ending and how you're, you're a mess, what does that look like for you? Because I feel like some girls, they're like, you know, to the left to the left and they're at the club and they're like, they've moved on within <laughs> yeah. two days after, you know, one night of crying. And for some of us others, it's like two months later and you're still feeling heartbreak over, even if you were part of deciding that it was supposed to end yeah. this loss that you've experienced. That's the toughest part is feeling loss. And and in my last relationship, I think everything's circumstantial. Like in, in my last relationship, I had completely lost myself. I didn't have a job. I moved wherever he needed to be for hockey. I couldn't make friends in Germany. Uh, I couldn't work. I felt like I had nothing going for myself and I wasn't motivated. And, you know, I'm just like eating and drinking and I completely lost who I was and and didn't know my purpose and what I was going to do with my life. So when we broke up, I still felt that way. And then I had just lost someone I had emotionally and financially relied on. 
I went so backwards that I'm like, okay, I, now I don't have a job. I haven't worked in a couple years. I had like this pride thing around going back to serving at a restaurant. I'm not sure why, because I actually loved doing it. I just didn't want to go backwards. I ended up having to move in with my mom and my stepdad at the age of like 26, which felt like a huge failure to me and just like didn't know where to go. So I felt extremely lost with myself. I felt lost in life. I didn't know where I was going to go. And I just felt like I had to start over. And then on top of all of that, I felt like I lost the love of my life. And so I just, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and my mom would be sitting next to the bed with a YouTube video of like, <laughs> I don't know what it was like, like someone telling me I was going to be okay, like a hypnotist, like trying to hypnotize me into like being happy just because she didn't know how to help. And I was just Aww. every morning I'd, I'd wake up and you know, you have that split second of like, okay, and it's a new day. And then you remember everything that has happened and then you just crumble again. And, and I just felt like I was not in a good place. And I, I am really proud of myself through this breakup in comparison because I'm really proud of just things that I've done in my life and where I'm at and what I've accomplished. And I know that I'm okay and I know I don't need somebody else. And I know I'm, I've worked so hard on self-love and it was just a whole different world of a breakup and it didn't mean it was easy and I had so much anxiety over it and it did just feel like I was not only losing someone I thought was my forever, I was also losing a dog who I adored. I was losing a best friend. I was just losing like just basically my life um, with somebody and so I just had this different um, mentality coming out of it that I knew I would be okay when in the last one I didn't think I would. And knowing that this was the right decision. And what do you think was so different? You mentioned feeling more self-love now. You've obviously connected to passion through the work that you're doing and you've created some incredible businesses. How did that help you in staying strong throughout this process? I think just knowing like I don't need somebody else to be happy that I've done so much on my own and from just being who I am and, and working on myself that I just know that moving forward in life, like as long as I focus on my own mental health and well-being and everything that, that I don't need to rely on somebody else. And I've you know gone to therapy and I have been exercising more and I've been taking care of myself more and I've been listening to more podcasts with that, that are going to benefit me and, and watching TED Talks and just doing everything that can help me feel stronger in my life and talking to you for a while that always helped me and and just doing the right things for myself has really helped me come out of this stronger. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, 
country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash raw beauty talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order, and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. Now, as somebody who's listening to this right now and they're in that place where they're feeling like how you felt after that initial breakup that you talked about, just super lost in how do I even begin to find myself? And maybe it's not even in relation to a breakup. Maybe they're finding in this world of social media and all these images and so much perfection that they don't know where to start in that process to learning to love themselves. Where would you recommend that they begin? Gosh, sometimes you have to start just from rock bottom and and crumbling and and just knowing that you're stronger than you think. And I was so weak in that moment of going through that breakup. And I remember just telling myself, like, you're not strong enough to go through this and you can't do this. And you just, I don't know how you're going to go on even tonight without giving up. Like, and I think you just have to always remind yourself that you're stronger than you think you are and do research into like what actually makes you happy. Like, do soul searching and and like little simple things in life that could make you happy. Like even if it's listening to music or if I like, I love singing and I found that even just like singing to me is also a distraction because you're really in the moment and you're singing lyrics and just finding little things that you love to do that can just make your heart happy. Even if it's for like five seconds, just try and find those things and, and focus on them and It's probably different for everybody on where to start, but that's what I did. I think that's such a great piece of advice because at the end of the day, one of the greatest tools in our journey to self-love is really starting to recognize what are those things that bring me joy? What are those things that give me energy and that light me up? And that can be anything from the food that you eat, to the people you surround yourself with, to the exercise that you're doing, to those little hobbies that you have. So I think that's an amazing, amazing place to start. Yeah. I think a lot of people try and think of something to do big, like I have to do this and I have to get this job and I have to make this money. And I think it's really focusing on little things that just like fill your soul. Absolutely. I feel like so often our relationship becomes such a huge part of our identity. I mean, we even see this on Facebook. It's like your relationship status is a thing. When you went from being in that relationship to being single, did it take you a second to find yourself again, to reestablish yourself in that 
single space or, I mean, were you single for very long? Let's just touch on that for a second. This one right now or the last one? <laughs> this one right now. <laughs> okay. So this one right now, it was very interesting too, because I've been open about this, that we were kind of struggling for the last little while. And, you know, he started a business and I can understand working hard and putting all of your energy and emotion into something. But I think I just wasn't feeling loved for over the last year. And it really just started weighing on me. I just felt very alone in the relationship. And I felt like I had a best friend, but I didn't feel like I had a partner. And we just started growing apart. And I we barely saw each other and then it just wasn't what it used to be. And I was like, okay, is this just a, a season for us? Is this just a hard time because I'm willing to work through anything with him? And as long as I feel like he's on the same page as working through it with me, then then we can get through this. But I didn't feel like he was necessarily on the same page as me. And, and so around summertime, we usually take a trip to Canada every year. And of course, he couldn't come because he had just opened a, a gym. You know, it was in that time that we were having a really rough go that I realized that he wasn't willing to make me a priority and, and he wouldn't even come out to Canada for two days or like, you know, he'd go do stuff with his friends or do stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay, this something's wrong. Like something's missing here. There's a disconnect. And so from July, I feel like I really started grieving the relationship. So I guess for me, I had already kind of started to have in the back of my head that maybe this wasn't going to work out. So then come September when we actually did end things, I think I had already come to terms with that he wasn't my person. And then we just kept putting off the announcement, putting off the announcement and didn't know how to deal with it. And it was, we just couldn't get on the same page with it. And then finally by the first weekend of November, we had announced it. But in my heart and in my mind, I think it had been done for me since since end of July. And he knew that really, like you were not living together much anymore. You weren't spending much time together. Is that correct? Right. End of July. And, and when I went into Canada, I, I, I told him like, I'm going to give you some space. Like I need to know that you're in this with me, that you're going to fight for this with me, that I need to like feel this from you. I really just needed to see some sort of anything, I guess, from him that, that he would want to fight for this with me. And and then the more time that went on, I just I just didn't see it. Do you think the old Caitlin, who hadn't invested so much time in this journey to self-love, would have stayed in the relationship? Uh, 1,000%. I would have probably stayed until it was like extremely unhealthy and that I had lost myself again. And I probably would have lost out on business opportunities and meeting other people in life and doing things that I love to do because I probably would have just tried to stay in an unhealthy relationship that wasn't benefiting me. And what are the main things in a future relationship, whether you're in one right now or not, we will talk about, uh, <laughs> that you left that relationship saying, you know what, I want this, I deserve this, and I'm not going to settle for less than that. Yeah, it's it's been such a strange transition just because I guess I didn't realize how healed my heart already was from this. Uh, but I just, I need somebody that is going to show up every single day with good intentions. And I can totally understand putting a business like first, even 
maybe, maybe not first, but like, you know, I understand that being a priority and success and, and I too have those priorities as well, but I need somebody that's going to show up every day to say that it's always going to be me at the end of the day, that we're always going to put each other first and, and that our happiness and the strength of the relationship is at the end of the day, what matters, somebody that's going to kind of be a cheerleader and get excited over my success and I can do the same for them instead of feeling like maybe a little competitive with with each other and somebody that can definitely give me words of affirmation since that's like my biggest love language ever and that makes me feel safe enough to to give them their what they need back I think I didn't feel safe in my last relationship where I would ask like do you see a future like do do you feel like you really deeply love me and he couldn't really answer it and I didn't feel safe and so that created insecurities so I want to feel that security with somebody that they just love and appreciate me and and I never have to I mean insecurities are completely normal in relationships and we're all going to have them but there's healthy insecurities and there's (laughs) impaired ways of thinking cheers to that Now, before we dive into your love life today, which is pretty juicy, we have a quick note from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Mary Young, an ethically produced company of intimates and loungewear designed to help women celebrate their natural shape. I've been wearing their line for a while now, and I think my favorite thing about it is that it is so comfortable, but still really sexy with the sheer inserts and carefully placed details. They are also all about helping you feel great in the skin you're in with their self-love club. Our friends at Mary Young are giving you 20% off your first order from their online shop at maryyoung.ca when you use the discount code RAWBEAUTY. So rumor has it, or maybe your Instagram stories have it, that there might be another man in your life now. I'm definitely feeding the rumors, aren't I? (laughs) Maybe just a little bit. (laughs) That's funny. Yes, yes. And um, are you going to share his name or do people have to now go to your page and... (laughs) No, I'll share his name. It's so funny because I like it's just it's not always easy to let yourself be open to possibility of love again once you've had heartbreak and it happens because of countless reasons like I I ended up being lucky enough to find someone after the breakup and I I didn't see it happening that fast I remember saying to Cleo I will never find somebody that I can love as deeply as I love Sean and if I do find someone they're not going to feel that same way back about me like it's just not going to happen you know I'm like I'm 33 I wanted to have kids around this time like like by the time I actually heal from this heartbreak and find somebody else, I'm like ready to move on and I'm going to have to fall in love again. Then I want to go through the honeymoon phase and I want to get through like three years because what if after three years they tell me, like I started just going everywhere <laughs> in my head. Yes. Then I end up being lucky and finding Jason who I also told myself and everybody around me that I would never go for somebody in the Bachelor franchise. I said I would never do it. There's just no question in my mind. I was set on it. I'm not sure why. It's not like I feel above it or anything. I just didn't want to go back into that world. I think I was obviously maybe a little bit jaded from the last one. And I didn't want to go there again. I was like, whoever I end up with next, they are not even going to have Instagram. It's just not going to be a thing. (laughs) You know, they're going to have a normal job and that's what it's going to be. But I don't know. I just I think that I'm I'm in a place in my life where 
I'm more secure than I've ever been with myself. I have more self-love than I've ever had. And I'm still working through so many insecurities and through so many things. And I always will. But I think I just allowed myself to get there because of where I'm at in my life. And I think because I'm just... I, I, I think for women, I think we have this guilt of like moving on quickly and, and not being sad or something. And that's what I was feeling. But I just had to let go of that and think as, as long as I'm not moving on to mask or ignore my feelings, it's, it's important to tell myself that it's okay to be happy and feel emotions for someone else again, even if they are in the Bachelor franchise. And <laughs> to me, I see all these guys coming off the show and girls for that matter, and, and they get kind of lost in this world of what's their identity and who are they and they're trying to put on this Instagram act. And, and I just didn't want to go through that with somebody, I guess. I don't know. And so when I met Jason, I met him on, I had him on my podcast. That was the first time I met him. And that was end of October. And I remember leaving the podcast and thinking, wow, that is a great human being. Like, what a great guy. And too bad he's not going to be the bachelor. He would be a great bachelor. And then I sent him photos from our podcast and, and we chatted back and forth. But it was definitely like friend zone. And I think because he was respecting my situation and, and I wasn't in the mindset to be like, oh. Oh yeah, I'm going to go for this guy. So we just had like a friendly banter back and forth, but we found ourselves like still talking like weeks later and being like what like we're we're not going to sleep without talking to each other. Like what is this? And he even at one point sent me a like a video of him dancing with a girl and he's like get a load of this girl like blah blah and I'm like oh gosh yeah we're definitely friends and then he sent me another thing he's like <laughs> no yes he goes what do you think of this girl she keeps reaching out like do you know her because she was in like some kind of world that I was in for a while and and he goes do you know her like um what do you think of her because she keeps sliding into my dms and I was like oh my gosh okay I gotta like maybe I don't have a crush on this guy I don't know what these feelings are like I didn't know but I couldn't <laughs> stop talking to him and he just assumed that I wasn't ready and that I wasn't looking for anything, but he knew he liked talking to me. And then eventually it just got to the point where we're like, hey, we like each other. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Stop telling me about other girls that are hitting on you. Yes. Oh, my God. Men are so funny. Exactly. I love it. Hilarious. I was like, what an idiot. Like, what is he doing? I guess he like, has zero feelings for me, but he in his mind, he was like, well, I'll find out quickly if she does, if I tell her this. like, It's like a five-year-old like pinching a girl and running away because he has a crush on her. That's exactly right. <laughs> Which is so funny because Jason's one of the most vulnerable men I've ever met in my life with his emotions and how he's feeling and his like the way he communicates, he's so articulate with his feelings. And like now knowing him, I'm like, that's so not like you to play that little game. But I think he just wasn't even thinking I was there yet, which I didn't think I was either. Yeah. And that's the most vulnerable time of a relationship too, when you're not sure if the other person's into you or you into them. And so he was definitely testing the waters, I think. He definitely <laughs> was. It was pretty, pretty cute, but also pretty annoying. <laughs> so now that you've been on this epic journey to finding love through like so many different ways, I feel like I'm curious to know what are your thoughts on the difference between lust and love? Because I'm somebody who like when I was in the dating world, felt like I fell in love with people the first time I met them. I mean, I would instantly feel like I was in love with them and all of a sudden be picturing in my mind that I was marrying this person and da, 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 da. Now I have a different perception of what love is versus lust. And I'd love to hear your definition. Oh, that's actually a good question because I, well, I'm not even sure if I know the answer to that because for me, I'm the same way. Like I, I fall hard and fast, but not for just anyone. 
I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel like when I met Sean, I felt like I had known him from like a past life or it was like the second his hands touched mine, I was like, I feel like comfortable. I'm like, like I was already longing for this person that I didn't even know what he was about. I don't know. I think lust always turns into love. So lust is like honeymoon phase. And then once you get past that, it's like love is just such a deeper level. And do you think now with everything that you've been through, do you want marriage from love? What do you want with this next chapter? Yeah, no, I definitely, after my first breakup, that one that I, that left me a mess, I actually signed a contract with one of our mutual girlfriends, Shayna. And I said, I, Caitlin Bristow will never get married or have babies. And which is just so ridiculous. And I signed it because, (laughs) because I was so jaded and I was like, there's no way I'll ever get through this. And that's so ridiculous because if anyone knows me, I'm like obsessed with kids. I want kids. I just feel like I'm supposed to have a family. And even in through this last breakup and I'm, I don't mean to mean to make this breakup sound like it was just peanuts and like so easy because it was so challenging and so hard. But I bounced back being like, no, I know what I deserve. I know what I want. I know I want a family. I know I want a partner. And I, I can't wait to have that with somebody. So when you talk about this relationship and this breakup being hard but different, there was a lot of conversation about your weight around the same time that the breakup was happening. So did you lose weight? Is this just trolls talking about it? What went on? Yeah, I think I mean, with grief and like anxiety come weight loss for me personally, some people it's opposite. Like everybody's obviously different, but I think it becomes very apparent on my tiny frame because I'm already a small person. Um, So I think on top of dealing with heartbreak and a public breakup and now dealing with people's judgment and comments about being too skinny, like just all the stress of it kind of got to me, which I always say I'm like, I'm stronger than that because I don't usually let those comments get to me, but it brought me a new perspective about the importance of taking care of myself first and trying to drown out the noise because I am really open about um, my anxiety and my stress and everything that I go through in life. And I actually ended up going to a doctor about it during the breakup just because I was feeling like crippling anxiety. It was waking me up in the night. It was keeping me from doing things in my life. And I went on a medication to help with my anxiety and I found myself actually eating more and it brought my appetite back, but I saw myself losing weight. And so It's so tricky to try and figure out when I'm stressed out, I tend to not give myself proper nutrition. I'm stressed. I have to force myself to eat. Like I remember just putting like peanut butter and banana on a piece of toast and forcing myself to eat it because I wanted to just not be so stressed that I wasn't eating. But stress just does crazy things to my body where I just, I couldn't gain the weight. And then going on the medication wasn't making anything better for me. So I ended up having to switch and and figure things out. And and through that, you know, you still got to keep up with but Instagram is almost a business for me and photo shoots and being on. And so I think people had already been critical of my weight over the past years, but especially when, you know, I'm whatever weight I am dropping a few pounds is going to become really apparent on my frame. So that's usually the thing that people attack first on, on the internet is people's, um, you know, appearance and weight. And so I had to deal with that, but I just had to stop to think about What are the things that I need to get better and move forward and be healthy for myself? And people will drop it on the next post anyways. So it was a challenge to go through. Absolutely. It's like the last thing you need, I feel like, when you've got all this other stuff going on and you're already feeling so much stress and then you have these people making 
terrible comments without even understanding the full story. I want to touch on something really quickly that you just mentioned. So you said that you went on some medication for your anxiety, and I feel like this is such a an important conversation to have because there's such a stigma around medication. I feel like it's almost like you're on one side or the other, that you're taking the Western approach to your health and you're just going to take medication and cover everything up and not be dealing with things, or you're going to take the Eastern approach and you're just going to use diet and exercise and gratitudes to improve your self-worth. Now, I had a huge kind of awakening in the last year because I too had to go on medication for anxiety with everything that I went through postpartum. And I really came to understand the importance of medication as being a possible tool that you can use in your journey to health, along with all of those other things that I mentioned, and that there are times when that is absolutely necessary, when you can't activate those other things anymore without a little bit of help. So can you tell me about your experience deciding to go on to it? What has it been like for you? Was it helpful? Is this a lifelong thing? I feel like that would be super helpful for people to hear. Yeah. So I always wondered too, if it was the relationship that was bringing me anxiety, if it was my lifestyle, I didn't know what it was. I was like, if I can get through this hard time, like maybe I don't need to do that, but it just got to a point where something had to be done. And, and I meditate and I, I try and do, you know, the natural things that you can do to help anxiety, but it was just keeping me up at night. And, and my girlfriend who had also been on something had talked to me about it and said, you know, if, if you have something that medication can help you do it. So why is there the stigma around like, if there's a chemical imbalance happening in your body, why not take medication that can help you and make you feel better? And so she said, why don't you just try it? Nobody's saying that you have to stay on it. Nobody's saying it's going to work for you, but why not just try it? And so the first one that I, that I tried, like I said, it just, it was awful for me and it it actually made my anxiety worse. And I would wake up with just intrusive thoughts, just awful things were happening. And and luckily I knew it was the medication. So I was then scared to try something else in case something else happened to me. And I went for it again and I tried something different and it's been life changing for me. Like it's just helped me tremendously through situations and I can just tell like a complete difference. And it's not like I've changed who I am. I'm not a different person. It's just calmed me in certain situations that would usually bring me a great deal of anxiety and stop me from living my life. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I do think it's such an individual personal journey, but I do think there's so much stigma around it and so much fear around what people will think when the reality is that there are lots of people that rely on this at certain times in your life and that it's okay and it doesn't make you a terrible person if you have to go on it or use it for a little bit. No, it, it in fact could make you a better person and, and maybe it's not for you and maybe it is and it's it's just all, again, personal preference and what you decide to do for yourself. It's same thing with, you know, moms and what they do with their children and what's best for them to do. It's, it's, you have to do what's best for yourself and for your body. And I don't know if I'm going to be on this forever. I don't know if I'm like in a place where you can, you know, naturally come off it and, and be okay. I'm not sure. But as of right now, I'm very happy being on something and, and I feel like it's helped me. And I'm really open about talking about it too, just because. I think it's important, obviously, for people to have the conversation. So when we talk about 
self-care and self-love, which is obviously a topic that you bring up quite frequently, what are additional tools that you use that have really helped you in feeling the best in your body and, and in your mind? Well, t- I'm not even just trying to pump your tires because it's your podcast, but you gave me so many good tools that I have used in my everyday life. Like I will look in the mirror and as soon as I have a thought where I want to pick myself apart, I will say out loud to stop. I will always just like switch my mindset and just tell myself to stop being hard on myself. And I'll just name off three things like in the mirror right there that I actually like about myself. And I'll look at myself in the eyes in the mirror and tell myself what I love about who I am. And I've started a three minute meditation. So when I wake up, instead of going to my phone, I try and just, I'll sit up and I'll put on like a three minute song that is something like that calms me, like a nice song. And I'll do this motion where I'll take both my hands and act like a scooping motion and like I'm dumping water over my head. So like scooping it from the ground up over my head. And I'll just do that listening to the song for three minutes and and try and think of positive things about my day or about my life. I've been trying to do that every morning. Sometimes I'm in a bit of a rush and it doesn't happen. But I mean, three minutes, I think anyone can do. But it's, I don't know, just certain little things that just just showing up every day and not not making these crazy goals like this year, I'm going to do this. It's just every day waking up and saying you're going to show up for yourself in some way today and doing some sort of meditation, if that's what I just explained, or putting on an app or just going in the mirror and telling yourself something good and just stopping those negative thoughts as soon as they happen. Like I've been working on that for like oh, probably five years now and I'm I'm starting to see a difference. Change isn't going to happen overnight. Okay, the other day I was talking to my sister about this. My sister has this tendency to always want to see results in a moment. And if she can't, she doesn't really think about the longevity of something. And I don't know where this analogy came from, but I was talking about my house. And I'm like, I got so stressed out the other day about my house because I'm like this one, you know, little girl just living in this big house now by myself. And it's just like an ongoing project. It's there's always something to fix. There's always something to work on. There's always something that like a leak or a, like something's broken. And my girlfriend was like, it's an ongoing project. Owning a home is. And I was like, wait, as a person, like you are your home and you are always an ongoing project. So something, you know, you're going to have a bad day or something's going to break or something's going to go wrong or something is going to be tough to work through. But you just have to think of yourself as this ongoing project and you're never going to be perfect and everything's not going to go right in life. If you have that mentality of just every day knowing that you are where you have to live for the rest of your life and to work on that as an ongoing project, I think that's that was just like something I talked about with my sister. And then at the end of the conversation, she goes, who are you? (laughs) That was deep. And I was like, that was deep. And I really like it. Honestly, I have like full body goosebumps listening to you right now. I'm like, you are amazing. Yes. It's so true though. And if you start now in five years, you'll thank me. But like, you've just got to start somewhere because if I kept going on that path that I was on in my 20s when I just just had no even idea really who I was, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that shows up in so many ways in relationships and business and and everything that's going to show up for you in, in so many other ways in your life if you practice it. I love that. Let's jump to some questions from the audience, even though you've answered a lot of their questions already throughout this day. So the first one is, how do you become more confident in your own skin? I mean, I still work on that, obviously. I'm 
a lot of people will reach out and say, oh, you're so confident. And I'm like, I am confident, but I also have extreme insecurities that I work on daily and, and being confident in my own skin. But I think for me, it's it's finding the like boxing to me. I went boxing this morning and I just feel so strong when I'm there. And I feel like it's like a mental workout for me as well. And maybe that says something about my rage issues, but whatever. <laughs> I just love hitting a bag. And it's just finding those things that make you feel strong, I think, and, and confident. Because like, I try not to step on a scale when I do. I want to actually see a bigger number because that means I've been gaining muscle and toning and being stronger. And boxing to me, like, I don't know, it's just therapeutic. And then I'll do weightlifting classes so that I gain muscle as well. Like, I just want to be strong. What is, would you say, the number one change you've made to your lifestyle that has had a positive impact on your well-being? I think just like what I said earlier with changing my mindset, like I think just showing up for myself and, and giving positive reinforcements to myself in the mirror has really helped me. Like I, I feel like that's the one thing that I've done consistently that I've noticed the biggest change in myself from. It's so uncomfortable when you do it for the first time. Oh, it's so weird. But you just kind of have to keep going and just keep doing it and keep making it a practice. Okay, the last one is one that we receive from a lot of people. What is a message that you have for girls who are in their 20s and finding it hard to love themselves? Yeah, I think it's you're finding it hard to love yourselves because you're comparing yourself to others. And so... I mean, I did that in my 20s without social media, and I can't imagine what that would be like going through your 20s or teens even with that whole comparison thing on social media. So I think it's to just be mindful and cognizant of, of what you're doing on online with what you're telling yourself and what you actually know about yourself. I can't say stay off social media because that's impossible and I could never do it. But just again, being being aware of what you're telling yourself while you're scrolling and not trying to be something or look a certain way for Instagram or for somebody else. Like I remember I would try and be whatever a guy like would want me to be in my 20s. I'd be like, oh, well, he really likes hockey and this. Like I'm going to do research on hockey. And I'm like, no, just like <laughs> Own who you are and love the things you love. And who will not tell you that confidence is the most attractive thing? Like everybody knows that to be confident is is attractive. It's the most attractive quality. And, and so to just be comfortable in the things that you love, even if it's weird or just being yourself instead of trying to be who others think you should be is going to be the most rewarding thing for you. Perfection. Okay, let's jump into our raw rapid fire questions. These are short form questions. So you just have to give us whatever comes to mind first. Okay, are you ready? I like it. What is your spirit age? A spirit 30. Word for 2019. Empowerment. What is your love language? Words of affirmation. Who do you insta stalk? Oh. You know what? I am. I will pump my tires on this one and pat myself on the back because I don't stalk people on Instagram. Yes, good. I really don't. Even I mean, I mean, I it could be a healthy stock, and I could stock like you know some poetry account or something. Yeah, but I just don't. I feel like that's a change in the last like two years, though, for you. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You don't have to name any names, but I feel like that's something that you've practiced. Absolutely, one thousand percent. I've practiced that, and it is. I. It's funny because I even say that now. I'm like, wait, I haven't done that in a long time. I believe you. I really do. Okay, Netflix, read or listen to a podcast. Oh, 
you know what? Lately, I've been getting back into reading, which I haven't done in years, and I'm loving it. Habit you'd like to kick? Mm. Drinking on airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Filters and Facetune, yay or nay? Facetune only to like whiten a background or change the lighting, but don't change your face or your body. Filters, I am always guilty of a good filter, but uh, a good balance. A good balance. Yeah, I love it. Filters can be fun. Filters can totally be fun. I'm just always curious to know what people's opinion is of them. How many tattoos do you have? Oh, I don't even know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, nine, ten. Jeez. I have 11. (laughs) (laughs) Crack me up. Three products you take to a deserted island. Oh, boy. I would take – okay, I would take my juicer. I would take my prenatal vitamins. Ooh, a teaser alert. Oh, my God. (laughs) She'll be back for another podcast soon, ladies and gentlemen. I actually use prenatal vitamins for, like, hair, skin, and nails. I notice, like, the biggest difference with that and collagen powder. People are always like, why are you taking those? I'm like, it's honestly just for my hair. No, people listening are fainting right now. Entertainment Tonight (laughs) is on the other line. Use that as your headline. (laughs) Yes. We'll get so many downloads on this podcast if you use that. I'm taking prenatal vitamins. Find (laughs) out why. Honestly. Oh, Oh, no, we only got two. Prenatal vitamins. I'm trying to think of a third one. I don't know. How about Jason? Why don't we take Jason to the island? Okay, we'll take Jason. With those prenatal vitamins when you come back. There you go. There you go. We'll see what happens. Okay, your drink of choice. Uh, Red wine. Greatest wellness hack. Sleep. (laughs) And last but not least, one word to describe yourself. Oh, vivacious. Oh, you are vivacious. Thank you, Caitlin, (laughs) so much for being here today. Where can people find you next? What is coming from Caitlin Bristow? Oh, gosh, there's so much. I'm so excited. I have finally, I don't know how it's taken me this long, but a wine label coming out that's in production right now that will be out in April, which is so exciting. I've gotten to taste them. I'm not being biased. Like, I'm obsessed with with these wines. They're so good. I also obviously have my scrunchie line called Do, and our Instagram is Do Edit, so at D-E-W-E-D-I-T. It's so much more than just like a product. It's, it's, it's honestly, we have the scrunchie gang. It's women that are just coming together over our love for scrunchies and empowering others. It's so much fun. I wear these things all day, all night. Oh, good. Yes. Every time I'm washing my face, I'm like, I can't even begin doing it without my do scrunchie. But hold on. There's one thing people need to know. These things sell out in like 10 minutes. So how do people find out when they're launching? Is it just through your Instagram or is there a newsletter they can sign up for? How do you get the insider scoop? You have to be following the do Instagram page and sign up for the letter because the people who sign up for the letter that goes out are the people who get to hear about it first. And then it will be announced on the do Instagram page. And then I go to like say it on my Instagram and then people are like, why are you doing that? It's already sold out. I'm like, well, you got to sign up for the newsletter. (laughs) What's the do Instagram handle again? It's at D-E-W-E-D-I-T, do edit. And there will be an Instagram for the wine. I will get back to you on that. And then also I have my live podcast tour coming up where I'm starting in the hometown in Alberta. You can follow my Instagram just at Caitlin Bristow because I'll be sharing dates and stuff on that soon. Uh, Amazing. And with the tour, like what is happening on this tour? People get to meet you live? 
For me, the podcast, it's already such an intimate experience just as a podcast. I think I'm always very like raw and real and being who I am on there. So I'm excited to do a little tour where people can come listen to the podcast live. So we'll just do like a live recording where I'll be on a stage and I'll have special guests. There's going to be wine and my scrunchies will be there and music and dancing and friends and Brandy Cyrus is going to DJ and shut front door. Yeah, it's six cities. We're going to do Calgary, Toronto, Boston, New York, Chicago, and Denver. So either listen to my podcast off the vine or follow my Instagram for dates and, and details. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today and for always showing up as your most raw, authentic self. We absolutely love you, Caitlin. Well, you bring it out of me. So thank you. That's it for this episode, but be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single show and please leave a review. If you like the episode, take a screenshot and share it on social tagging at Raw Beauty Talks and at Caitlin Bristow. We will be regramming your posts every week. In case you were driving or had your hands full, we've created a free handout for you summarizing the key lessons and takeaways from this episode, which you can download in the show notes. Now, be sure to tune in to the next episode with one of the most inspiring women I have ever met, Sarah Nicole from The Bird's Papaya. We talk about body image, surviving divorce, and her tips for shifting to a self-love mindset. As we wrap things up, remember, your body is different than any other body out there. So as you listen to these episodes, keep tuning back into yourself to see what resonates. Above all else, remember, you are worthy, you are beautiful, and you are not alone on this incredible journey called life. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.